Hi, and welcome to EcoGen. I'm Abby Veach, and today I'm talking to Grace Healy, who works with New York City to help the city reach its 80 by 50 energy goals. Hi, my name is Grace Healy, and my current job is working for New York City. I work with their Division of Energy Management, which is in the Department of Citywide Administrative Services. And the Division of Energy Management is kind of the hub for energy management at the city level. And we are kind of tasked with um, reaching like the big 80 by 50 emissions reduction goal for New York City. So that's kind of our, our big kind of mission. And me specifically, I work to support our agency energy personnel program, which basically our division um, helps provide the funding for energy staff at other city agencies to kind of be like the boots on the ground um, in the work that we're doing. Okay, cool. Um, And for anyone who's listening who's heard me before, Grace was my babysitter growing up, so that's how we know each other. Um, for like forever, we live next door to each other um, until like, I think six years ago, we moved away from that house. So yeah, so we've known each other since I think I was like born because I, I was born in that house. So for literally <laughs> thinking, forever. I'm thinking now that I was definitely way too young to start babysitting you. And your <laughs> but, um, My mom had a lot of trust. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. A lot of good memories of forcing the two of you to watch Harry Potter. So I apologize for that. Oh, it's okay. We're still like kind of obsessed. So <laughs> maybe that's some of that where we got that from. Right, maybe. I know I know you've worked in the environmental field for a little while. You used to work at NPCA as well, right? Yes, I had um so I had a internship at MPCA for a few months and then most recently I spent just over three years at the Trust for Public Land. Right. But my kind of my my journey into this field was anything but direct I would say. Yeah so my my question is how did you get into this field and and why? How did you end up with that internship and? Sure um so I in college I majored in history um and, well, wait, let me go back further, especially because this is kind of, you'll know what I'm talking about and maybe some other people right. who are listening will too. But so in, in high school, I, um, you know, was president of Students for Environmental Quality. Me and too. I, yeah, right. Like <laughs> I passed it down, um, you know, and I was in, in the outdoors club um, and I really loved being a part of that you know, I tried to help the high school start recycling. I think what actually ended up happening is that we would collect it and then drive it to the recycling facility ourselves. We did that Um, up until when I graduated too. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, great. Um, Hopefully they're doing something now. They have Um, a shed now. So it's really exciting to do this, to drive it to the recycling facility themselves. (laughs) That's huge. Um, (laughs) So, so I was always, you know, interested and cared about um the environment and it was always a part of my life you know growing up where we grew up um and then I you know I went away to school and 
I was studying history and I was definitely more kind of humanities focused and wasn't, you know, science wasn't really my strong suit and I wasn't as interested in it. So I kind of just kept, you know, the environmental activities in my life as more of a hobby. Um, And when I was about to graduate, you know, I knew I wanted to go to graduate school for history. And I kind of envisioned that I would one day get my PhD and be a history professor. Um, And that was like my tentative plan. Um, And I decided that before going to graduate school, I wanted to take a year and um, do an AmeriCorps program to kind of like let my brain relax um, Mm -hmm. a little bit and kind of take some time, give back and just have a moment. So I did AmeriCorps and triple C, which is the national civilian community Corps. So it's, it's a team-based program. So you kind of get put with like 11 strangers and you get assigned to these projects Um, and they could be anything from, you know, environmental work to, more kind of like working at, you know, a soup kitchen or tutoring after school. Like there's like a breadth of work that can be done. Um, So I moved out to the West Coast to do that for a year. And all of the projects that my team um, was assigned were environmentally focused. We worked with the Park Service. Um, I was living in a national park for about three months. Um, We worked with the forest service where I lived in a ranger station 50 miles from anywhere and in the middle of Eastern Oregon um, and a lot of other kind of cool places worked with the nature conservancy for a little bit. And then some even smaller um, like land conservancies um, in different communities out there. And I mean, this, it sounds so naive when I think about it now, but it was kind of working with those people. It was the first time, that I was like, oh, I don't have to be a scientist to do environmental work. Like right. all of these people have crazy diverse backgrounds and not, I, not one of them is a scientist. Um, you know, some of them are working on like media related stuff. Some of them are doing program work. Some of them are doing community development work. Um, so I kind of, I was already, I was already into a master's program um, for history, but I, became really intrigued with the idea of meshing, like combining the two and doing, um, you know, environmental history. And that is, you know, a whole well-established field, of course. So I was like, oh, great. Maybe this is like the perfect way to kind of just bring my two interests together. So then I, you know, I moved back to New York and I was getting my master's. um, And I kind of just had this moment where I was like, wow, environmental history is great, but like, I want to be doing something that is more immediately impactful, um, kind of dealing with like our present circumstances more explicitly. Um, So I decided to like, not, you know, go for like move towards a PhD. Not that I was in a PhD program. I was only in a master's program, but I was like, actually, I don't really want to pursue that goal anymore. I just want to see how I can get involved, um, you know, in the environmental space right now with the background that I have, which again was like a total humanities background. Um, So 
fortunately, I got an internship with MPCA, um, and I was there for probably maybe only like three or four months, I think from like September to Christmas time, maybe December. Um, and, you know, I was helping with their program work and luckily it was enough to help me, um, get a job with the trust for public land where I actually got a job in their philanthropy department. Um, and over the course of my three years there, I was their institutional giving manager, which is, basically kind of a grant writer and someone who has, you know, develops and cultivates relationships with foundations um, in order to secure gifts for the work that we do. Um, the Trust for Public Land, um, it's a national organization and their mission is to protect land and create parks um, for people. So there's, you know, a lot of other environmental organizations um, like the Nature Conservancy, they're kind of land for mm -hmm. maybe nature's sake, um, which of course is totally important and valuable. But um, the Trust for Public Land really tries to bring in like that people aspect of it. Um, and we we do a lot of work um, in urban communities across the country. So really making sure that everyone who lives in a city has a park within a 10-minute walk of home. So I was based in New York working there. We did a lot with um, converting kind of asphalt schoolyards into green playgrounds that were then open to the public outside of school hours. That way everyone kind of had a nearby pocket park that they can have access to. Right. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I thought the work was, you know, really wonderful. And it's it's kind of an amazing feeling to see a park be built and then to see people use it and to see how happy um, it makes them. And beyond that, to know that um, that community was part of like designing the park themselves um, and really had that, you know, had that role and that they were empowered to participate. Um, right. That's so important. Was, yeah, totally. Um, so important. And it was, it was really great to, to kind of, play a small part um, in that. And, you know, I'd been there for three years and I was starting to think, well, do I want to be in fundraising forever? Um, because I wasn't sure. Um, and I felt like I had gained some experience um, and that I was kind of ready to try something new. And beyond trying you know, maybe program work as opposed to fundraising work, I was also interested in kind of trying a different sector um, because, you know, I obviously nonprofits are great, but I, I just wanted to learn kind of what it was, what it would be like to work with local government. Um, mm -hmm. We partnered with, you know, city government, obviously in New York, but then of, of course across the country at, at different levels, um, counties, towns, cities. So it, it was, it just kind of seems like a, a natural move for me to try to go and explore that. Um, so, you know, I, I started looking at jobs for the city, for New York. Um, and when I saw this opportunity come up, I just was so excited um, because, you know, it, it was taking me out of fundraising to try something new. It was going to be government experience as opposed to nonprofit experience. And then also it was going to be a little bit more directly tied um, to climate change and mitigating 
um, the impacts of climate change. So I was really excited about that. Yeah. So I've only been, yeah, I've only been at this new job for about three months now, just over three months, but it's been, you know, it's been wonderful and I've just been learning like a crazy amount. So it's been good. That's awesome. Um, and you talked a little bit about climate change and wanting to work in something that had an immediate climate impact. Do you remember the first time you heard about climate change? I think, okay, so while I know that I heard about it before this, I would say the first time that I decided to, like, actively engage maybe um, would probably, or, like, in a, in a truly meaningful way would probably be that year that I um, did AmeriCorps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just because I was, I was kind of fully surrounded by people who were in the environmental field. So I just, like my entire vocabulary grew, um, you know, I started to understand the difference of like, you know, action steps that individuals can take as opposed to like policy that can be changed, you know, and, and we just, I did so many projects working so closely with the landscape wherever I was, you know, it was, um, talking about, you know, wildfires out in California and like helping create fire breaks. So the next time they came, places would be protected. Um, you know, we dealt a lot with invasive species. Um, and so it was kind of just, it was the primary focus of, of what I did. Um, so that really was a changing point for me. That's also when I became, you know, I stopped eating meat for environmental reasons and, and things like that. Um, and it really, I would say that was the moment when it really all started clicking for me um, yeah. that year in AmeriCorps. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like growing up in a an area that is really connected <laughs> to our, our environment? Um, and we've talked about this on the pod, like we talk about Long Island all the dang time. Mm-hmm. Um but also during an era of climate crisis has shaped you personally? Yes. I mean, I think that growing up on Long Island has totally impacted um, my view. And maybe I should be more specific to say growing up where we grew up on Long Island, um, you know, on, on the South Shore, you know, 100, 250 meters down the block from the water um it's yeah I mean I just felt like everything we did growing up kind of revolved around it in some way or another um so and just also I mean I know you guys spoke about this on you know another episode of podcast but there's some like rich history here um in our town you know about like EDF was started out of our town you know like that's so cool um And like I, you know, I try to go walk or run on post-morrow land like all the time, you know, so it's just like it feels like it's very much a part of kind of like our immediate community here. And um, actually, one thing that I did when I was was in high school, when I was president of, oh my gosh, this is going to make you laugh. When I was president of SEQ, um, the advisor at the time was Mr. O'Connor, Dan Mm -hmm. O'Connor, who I know he retired when I graduated, but 
I'm sure that you still know him, but yeah, his, of course. Yeah, his his hands, um, his fingers were so broken from playing years of rugby <laughs> that he was awful at typing. So what he had done was he had handwritten the entire history of SEQ. And then I typed it for him. Wow, <laughs> um, that was that was one of the things that I that I did when I was when I was there, um, which sounds insane, um, but it was actually just so cool to learn kind of all about, you know, Dennis Pulson and Anthony Graves and them going up to Albany to you know lobby for certain bills and then you know founding EDF. Um, just really, really cool. So that's definitely kind of impacted me um, a lot. And then to the second part of your question of like, has growing up in kind of this era of a climate crisis impacted me? Um, I would also say yes. Uh, I often ask my parents, I'm like, did you guys talk about this when you were my age? And they're like, right. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, and I'm like, what do you mean? How are you not, how are you not talking about this? Um, but Yes, it's definitely, I mean, it's in the news a lot. I also think that I pay attention to that news a lot. So it's it's definitely top of mind. It's definitely something that I worry about, um, that I'm always thinking about. And I definitely would say I'm still at the point in my career where I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out, like, okay, where should I be? What can I do with my skills to have, you know, the, the most um, – beneficial impact um and I don't know if I found that yet but that's kind of what I'm trying to find yeah for sure I definitely feel that like I I don't know for some reason I feel like I think about climate change like multiple times a day especially at this point where I've got nothing else to think about but um (laughs) definitely no I I do think it's really um interesting it, it, it's so true, just like the way that we talk about it. And I feel like recently, wasn't it like the word of the year was climate crisis or something? Yeah. But I, I think like it's language is really important as well. Um, I did my master's thesis on the Everglades and I'm, I'm really digging back into my memory to recall this. But mm. one of the things that I kind of tried to emphasize in writing that paper was over time, the way people talked about the Everglades just completely changed. Um, And that really made a difference in the effort to protect the Everglades. You know, it went from being like this hostile swamp to, you know, this like amazing, completely unique, beautiful ecosystem. And just like pivoting that um, really made a difference. And I think it's, I, I, I don't know if we've like solved that problem yet with climate change where it's like, okay, we finally have started talking about it um, a lot. And, and, you know, I, I definitely want to give credit. Like some people have been talking about it for, for decades, but maybe now it's entered um, kind of a space where it, it is like an everyday sort of topic. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you think about it multiple times a day. It's in the paper every day. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how to get everybody to pivot, you know, to, to start thinking about it in a, in a way where they think like, okay, this is something that we can have an impact on. Um, and we can, you know, work with and yeah, 
I don't know. Yeah. That's what I spend my time. That's what I spend my time thinking about. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting, like the the words saying it's even how we've transitioned from saying like uh, global warming to climate change to climate crisis or the climate emergency. Just that language shifts the way we think about it for sure. Definitely. I know this is a little bit of a hard question because it's difficult sometimes to put a hierarchy on issues but if you had like a top two or three issues that you really care about ones that get you fired up and that you're passionate about what would those be I think wow this is really tough um especially because like I I just I certainly do not feel like an expert in any of these areas so that's okay. Like, that's also why, yeah. Um, but I would say, like, two things that really I'm, like, so curious about, I'm, I feel, like, the most kind of interested in, and, like, there's probably a lot there to kind of keep pushing and keep going, is um, one has to do with my new job, which has, like, really opened my eyes in a lot of ways, in many ways, um, which just has to do with, like, like energy and our sources for energy um, and making sure that in every way possible, we are either using like clean renewable energy or just like really responsibly using non-renewable resources when we have to. So I would say like that's been really interesting and has become really just like a place where I'm like, wow, there's, there's still so much we're figuring out. There's still so much to be done. I'm like very excited to be part of this space. The other issue that I think is really, this is like the issue that I find like alarming and kind of makes me really nervous is like our agricultural system. Um, That's one of those things where I find very daunting where I'm like, how are we going to fix that? Because it's not great the way it is. Um, And not sustainable even as someone who doesn't eat meat that's me trying to be like okay like I am not kind of like subscribing to this system it's like all right I'll drink almond milk and then I'm like wait almonds use too much water so I'm like now I'm gonna drink oat milk and it's you know personally it feels hard sometimes to keep up so I just it seems like a from a policy level like an even greater challenge um but I'm always interested in learning how like people are doing, you know, sustainable agriculture and, and how we can make that system better um, and how it can also just help like feed more people and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. That's definitely one of those really, really daunting issues that there's so many innovative and cool solutions to, but it's just going to take so much like overarching policy and like system changes to really make them happen definitely yeah yeah which is I know that's yes it's overwhelming to <laughs> think about sometimes. right so and then in either your your current job or you know like broader in your career goal what what kind of difference are you hoping to make Oof. um Oh man, Abby, you're asking the tough question. Or or <laughs> why? I mean, I think like why why are you hoping to make this different difference is also 
an important part of that question. And maybe this is because I kind of had to like be a little bit scrappy and getting into this field because I, you know, I didn't necessarily have like the right degree or like the right, you know, kind of internship background from when I was like in college because I was studying history. Um, The impact I hope to have is like, whatever impact I need to have, if that makes sense. Like I'm, I'm kind of like, um, and I don't mean that in like a, I don't mean that in like a self-centered way or, or anything like that, but it's more like I'm, I'm, I will like happily be deployed to do the work that, that needs to be done. Um, if that makes sense, like yeah, whether it, it is definitely like does. cool and innovative and glamorous or whether it is like, you know, completely behind the scenes and, you know, maybe boring, but also just as important. Um, so that's kind of like my approach to it. And I, and I think the why, which will hopefully explain <laughs> the reason I'm okay with that is I just, I, I think that this is so, so important. Um, you know, I know that there are so many critical issues, um, especially at this time, you know, especially in the time of a pandemic, like there's no hiding from the many kind of like critical issues facing the U S. Um, this is one that I just feel like is, you know, incredibly important to solve and, and not even for us, but for any, any children that any of us may have, um, because I just, I think parts of, you know, what we experience in nature is so wonderful. I think, you know, I just want everyone to have access to that. I want everyone to be able to experience that for a long time to come. I want people to have clean water and clean air for a long time to come. Um, and yeah, and because I think it's truly solvable um, if if we can do the work. Right. Yeah. Thank you. I just think it's interesting that there's like a little like knot of people who are all like, I'm going to go do something with the earth now. Um, all coming from the same street. Totally. Yeah. I know. It must've been something about like the woods behind us. Yeah, totally. All the trails and oh my gosh, I remember we had a tree fort with a zip line back there. Yeah. That was pretty cool. One period of time. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's actually been really interesting because my brother, Tyler, he works for Patagonia and he's also, um, like an artist, you know, he helped start auto body in our town. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, you know, he's in shows in the city a lot, but a lot of his work is environmentally focused. Um, and it's so funny because he has like this completely different kind of like way of expressing his, you know, environmental concerns. Whereas I was like, okay, the most practical thing I can do is like go and get a job Mm -hmm. and like work really hard until I can then get a different job that will let me have a different type of impact and, you know, where I can learn more. Um, And he is like, you know, doing a lot of different things with like mixed media sculpture photography to talk about like hurricane sandy and i'm it's just been it's kind of it's really fun kind of having him be like that counterpart and to kind of see it 
through a different lens. Um, yeah. And I think it also speaks to, and then what, I mean, Amelia, your sister is an engineer. Yeah, I no, and I, I definitely, subway. yeah, she told um, me that. I, I definitely yeah. feel that because she's, our skills are lie in just such different places. Like she's an engineer and she's always been very like math and science driven. And I have always been more on like the writing and the communicating side. And, and we've went mm-hmm. in these way different directions from our skill standpoint, but we're both doing like environmental work too. Totally. And I think that's what, maybe this, maybe this is the point that I've been trying to make to like bring it all together is like, that's what I didn't realize was possible as like a young person. Um, that it's like, you can have whatever background you can have a completely different skill set than someone else. And you could like still be part of this field. Like this field needs everyone. Um, and again, like I know it sounds so naive that it, it took me a long time to realize that, but, um, it just like having that click for me, I was like, Oh my gosh, there are so many opportunities for me to do things that I'm good at on behalf of this cause. And that was like, just a really like wonderful (laughs) moment for me. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I just think that like, I'm so glad I realized that. And I, I do hope that like other people, um, already know that and and aren't as you know delayed as I am in realizing it but even if they are delayed you know I didn't I didn't make this decision when I was in college um to to be in this field I made it later and it's still I'm still here um so yeah that's been really great too to kind of be able to to do that and kind of find a way that I could still kind of make a difference what kind of advice would you give to like freshman in college you or someone in a similar situation who they're like really passionate about these issues but don't see how they fit into the into the movement don't be afraid to like try different things or I felt sometimes like too intimidated to ask like oh hey how can I maybe how can I fit in um to to this space if I don't have this type of background or if I, you know, don't have this type of degree. Um, But I think like, actually when I did eventually work up the courage to like ask those questions and, and kind of do that digging, um, that was when things started to come together. Um, But I would just say that there's, there's a lot of space um, for, for different skill sets and, and things like that. So it's definitely, I think the opportunities are there um, for people of, you know, who have all different sorts of like educational and professional backgrounds to be, to be part of this. That's one of the things that I'm like hoping to glean from this series is all the different ways that people can be involved and all the diverse and interesting stories that people have about the environment, that it's not just, you know, like people in lab coats or, or, park rangers there's so many different aspects of the movement thank you so much for talking with me today definitely i know this has been great do you have an interesting environmental story or know someone with a unique perspective 
reach out to me on social or shoot me an email, all of which is included in the show notes below. And let me know what you think by giving us a like, rating, or comment. 